all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to episode 346 of the SLS Cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the 346 Unlimited episode of the SLS Cast. Because it turns out that there is an automobile dealership committed to offering luxury vehicles at competitive pricing located here in Houston. With the shadiest website I've ever seen, <laughs> some random Gmail address, but by God, do they have a selection of luxury vehicles for you. And its place is called 346 Unlimited LLC. And I just thought you should know. So with that wonderful little bit of random shady luxury dealer knowledge, I, of course, am Matt. And coming to us all the way from sunny California will be our resident Sony employee, Tim. So how'd you come across 346 Unlimited? Is that where you purchased uh, your two lemons? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, it was. No, um, you know, as you know here, heavy research is done in the theming of our episodes. And turns out that being where I am and inputting 346 into Google made this one of the top results. <laughs> I'm just like, the hell is a 346 Unlimited LLC? What is that? So I clicked on it. And, okay, you remember when you were a little boy, Tim, and you would go on to the old AOL and, like, you know branch out into the newly found interwebs and look at the Space Jam website or something like that. And you Excuse look me, at... did you just say the Space Jam website? Yeah, the Space Jam website. As in the, the movie? Yeah, the Michael Jordan movie okay. that was back in like 1999 or whenever it was. And you know how that website has not been, has not changed. It's, it, it's not really been updated in all these years, and so you can go back and see the old Shockwave Flash website that they had back then? Totally. Although, to somebody over at Warner Brothers Credit, they are updating all the security certificates, which is why you can still see the Space Jam website to this day. If you go to this website, it it looks like a weird stock, small stock website that was maybe made like 10 12 years ago and just kind of sits there it's really weird the space jam website didn't come out when space jam released because that would have been like 95 or 96 or something see here well okay let's try this we're gonna open up a new tab see here space (laughs) jam how much time did you spend on space jam.com i thought you were a well you should check it out lifetime go to Go to Space Jam. Partner of SpaceJam.com. Go, go, go I go to Space Jam, Jam every night. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to know what you do in your bed, dude. It's all right. Oh, God. Is that what you call chronic <laughs> masturbation? Space jamming? Maybe that's what comes out after. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we, I man, call, we haven't got... That's <laughs> why you call it the Porky Pig. <laughs> man. Oh, I guess that's because when you're done... Bitty, 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 that's all, folks. Um, just spits at you too. Exactly. No, 
All right. So if you look at the website and you can clearly see it's like the same background pattern over and over and over again, go to this 346unlimitedllc.com. It's the same thing, except it looks like um, isometric blocks, like a Qbert stage. 346unlimitedllc.com. They had to put yes. the corporation LLC. At Didn't the... they, though? Oh, okay. Well, this is not as crappy as I was expecting. I mean, off the bat, crappy. you know, they do sell Audis, Mercedes, and that other fancy car. I can never remember the, 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 oh, the Maserati. Yeah, with there the you go. Yeah. Jam Central, Planet B Ball, Lunar Tunes. This is great. Behind the Jam. Well, <laughs> nice. In the Tim household, you don't want to know the answer to the question of what is behind the jam. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, what have you been up to, Matthew, other than uh, looking at what is behind the jam? Just doing a lot of work stuff. Uh, it, it's Work has been rather exhausting lately, and we'll likely continue to do that and be that way for, uh, the, for, for the foreseeable future. In the immortal words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. Although I did... Get the girls last weekend, I guess. Girls, as in your daughters, not the all daughters, your not yes. all your wives. Because uh, it's a big love house over here. I guess I should have mentioned it last week, but yeah, I finally got the kids, uh, the wife and the kids, to watch Forrest Gump. Well, I guess the wife had watched it before, but I, yeah, I introduced the kids to Forrest Gump. I was about to say the wife, whom is old enough to have seen Forrest Gump. At the movie theater back when it first came out in 1994-ish. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to say I, she has never seen it before, but I, I'm glad she has. I mean, has has she not seen it in quite some time? What did the oh, kids yeah, she think hadn't of it? Seen it in a while. The kids really liked it. Um, and then a few weeks ago, I actually sat them down and we had watched the entirety of To Kill a Mockingbird as well. So, um, and all courtesy of The British Baking Show. It turns out that um that that these old timey good films will always come to you from the British Baking Show, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what the hell does the British Baking Show have to do with either To Kill a Mockingbird or Forrest Gump? And I will tell you, they have these wonderful little piano interludes as they drift between the portions of the competition, the the different stages <laughs> over the weekend. I know and, where you're going with this. And and the piano riffs sound like that childish, light-hearted tune that um Scout sings and um a- as well as uh oh Boo Radley, you know, kind of hums and does from To Kill a Mockingbird and it makes me want to and it just made me want to watch it for the longest time. But the piano tune itself, like the physical piano tune is also very reminiscent of the Forrest Gump suite. And so um that made me want to watch those movies. And so that is why British Baking Show is now related, at least at our house, with To Kill a Mockingbird and Forrest Gump. Well, damn it. Maybe if they find out that the British Baking Show needs an extra boost because they're lacking in ratings which probably never happen maybe they need to incorporate like a floating feather you know throughout the bake shop or what the area where they where they do their baking i don't know that definitely could be something 
that is worth looking into. Yes. But 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 how about you, sir? What's what's life been like for you lately? Well, in fact, I forgot to mention something last week. Um, so uh, it'll be two weeks uh, Thursday. I went to the local, well, not the local AMC, uh, but the Burbank AMC and saw the 4K remaster of Apocalypse now and it wasn't just apocalypse now or apocalypse redux but it was the final cut of apocalypse now which was it's like the it's the medium length version it's the tomato uh, in the in the in the in the sandwich that is the apocalypse now series of films or versions of films and i got to say guys if you're able to still see this film in IMAX or at the theater somehow and in some way, uh, you should try to go see it, especially especially if you have the AMC stubs. And I know it's probably too late, and they'll probably not show it uh, again for quite some time at AMC. Uh, but the 4K remastered edition is going to be coming out on 4K Blu-ray. And if you're thinking about buying it, go ahead and pull the trigger and pick it up. It's a beautiful, beautiful cut of the film. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like watching the film for the very first time, seeing that crystal clear, wonderful, uh, wonderful, uh, 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 cleaned up look that it now has got, um, restoration, I should say. And, uh, seeing it in IMAX and laser was especially really cool. And the IMAX theater over there at the AMC Burbank is, uh, is, is particularly really, really good. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that. And also, for all you AMC A-list people out there, um, do keep in uh, in uh, keep, keep, try to keep in the loop of upcoming re-releases and remastered releases of older films because next week, star I guess starting this week on Thursday when this show is released. So probably, possibly, when you are listening to this, uh, there is a Matrix 20th anniversary release of the film. Uh, which I already have a ticket for. I'm taking the wife to go see it. It'll be her first time seeing the movie, and believe it or not, it's going to be in Dolby Atmos, which is especially cool. So, yeah, it's a neat little neat little perk if you have those A-list cards. Since you mentioned it, let's see here. The Matrix. Matrix 20th anniversary. Yes, I will be able to go and see that on Thursday. So, yeah, if you are in the Houston Metroplex, you should be able to find that as well. Make sure, courtesy of A-List, that's right, just pop that up on the old phone just now. And uh, you too will go see The Matrix. Because much like it's uh, the fully upgraded SOs, First time to go see The Matrix with Mr. Tim. I'll be taking my eldest daughter and probably the wife uh, to see it as well. Because, I mean, shoot, my wife and I literally went and saw it in the theater. So it's kind of... No, wait. <gasps> no. I don't know if she saw it in the theater. We hadn't met yet when that movie came out. Oh no! Dun dun dun! Uh, the you we are uh, uh, this is revolutionary I'm for the SLX cast. We are peeling back the outer husk of the corn that is 
Matthew's life, Matthew's relationship, can be compared to unshucked corn. I'm honestly trying to remember if... Because I, I was in the process of my divorce at that time, I want to say, from my first wife. So I'm trying to think if I went with my first wife. <gasps> the whore! The whore! Dun, dun, dun! The whore! Yeah, crazy. Well, I say let's reshuck that corn and... <laughs> Mosey on gonna, down the patch. We're gonna definitely put that milk back in the container to hell whether or not it's been spilled. Uh, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. We'll see how it all goes. Um, yeah, I, I guess, let's see. So we have some, uh, we, we have some news to do, don't we? We do. Well, then let's get to it, folks. It's the news. <laughs> So, I've got a couple pieces of news. First up from me, from Deadline.com, by way of Anthony D'Alessandro. Nathan Fillion boarding James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. That's right. Uh, as of the 25th of August at 11.03, this was an exclusive for Deadline. Uh, it says here that... The actor's role is being kept under wraps. Fillion has a long history of working with Gunn. He played the voice of a monstrous inmate in Guardians of the Galaxy, Bill Party in Gunn's 2006 horror comedy Slither, and the Holy Avenger in the filmmaker's 2010 pick Super. Uh, let's see here. It also says that the actor is no stranger to DC, uh, playing the voice of, Green, of the Green Lantern in a number of DC animated features, including Reign of the Superman and Justice League Doom. Uh, the cast to date for Suicide Squad includes Margot Robbie, uh, Viola Davis, Jai Courtney, Joel Kinnaman, as well as new cast members Idris Elba, David Dastmalchian, Daniela Melch- Melchior, Flula Borg, and Steve Agi or Agi or Agi. Anyway, so this is pretty interesting. Um, Tim, what do you think? Is this is this an interesting casting choice having Nathan Fillion join, or because it's Suicide Squad, it's just kind of meh, no matter what? I I don't know. I'm not the right person to ask. <laughs> I have no stake in 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 this franchise in in most franchises really um i i think it's interesting i'm i'm a fan of his i like him i'm also a fan of what's his name who's writing it and probably directing it gun so he has a quirky personality as does nathan fillion so i think it's pretty cool uh does it say who he'll be playing no, it did say, I mean, that's the first line. The actor's role is being kept under wraps. So we have no idea what the plan is for him at this time. Who knows? Maybe like a silly Batman or something. That would be awesome. A silly <laughs> Alfred. I don't know. <laughs> Very just, cool. Nathan Fillion seems like the type of actor that has been wanting a meteor role for quite some time. But he can never play a meaty meteor role i guess because he just can't help being quippy and in a, a little snarky in a, in a fun playful way 
which adds to his charm a great deal. And I really don't want to see him play uh, meteor roles. So um, I think that'll it's a nice fit. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead? We'll we'll trade off a little bit. Go ahead. What do you got for us, sir? So a little politics, which we really don't like discussing here on the SLS cast, but it is in a way. Uh, movie-related via io9.gizmodo.com. Hong Kong protesters urge boycott of Disney's Mulan remake after Star's pro-police comments written by Julie Muncie, and it was posted on August 17th of this year. And it says this, Hong Kong is in the midst of a political turmoil as anti-government protesters clash with police, and now Disney's Mulan remake has become an unlikely flashpoint for debate. First, a recap of the situation. After the Hong Kong legislator introduced a controversial bill that would allow criminal suspects to potentially be extradited to mainland China, citizens respond in, uh, responded in mass protest in what has since become a major movement over months with the identity of Hong Kong and its relationship with China at stake. The movement, which has seen mass protests, strikes, and civilian disobedience, has led to major clashes between the police and the protesters. Enter Liu... Yifei, L-I-U-Y-I-F-E-I. The Chinese-American actress cast as the heroine in Disney's upcoming Mulan remake. Echoing a message first shared by the state-sponsored Chinese outlet People's Daily, she posted an image on Weibo, China's leading social media platform, reading, quote, I support Hong Kong's police. You can beat me up now, end quote, along with the hashtag, hashtag, I support the Hong Kong police. Now, as the Hollywood Reporter recaps, a movement to boycott the film has emerged among Hong Kong's protesters and begun growing internationally. The boycott seems to have originated from the League, L-I-H-K-G, online forum used by many Hong Kong protesters and local actions like protests as well as GoFundMe campaigns funding promotion of the event overseas have sprung up in the wake of Liu's comments. And the article goes on for a bit more. Now, without getting into the political side of what is happening over in Hong Kong, I would like to go a little bit more into society's place in protesting against someone's opinions of their own government. We've been seeing a lot of these hashtag, not ban Mulan, but like hashtag uh, don't support Disney's Mulan. Uh, Most recently when Sony and Marvel couldn't come uh, to terms with renewing their contracts regarding Spider-Man. Once that was announced, there were numerous, numerous people online already posting the hashtag boycott Spider-Man, boycott Sony's Spider-Man, boycott this, boycott that, without taking into consideration Disney and what all they own. People that aren't happy with a viewpoint that doesn't match their own viewpoint. It just seems like people automatically jump to boycott. What do you think about this, Matt? Well, <laughs> all right. Not not to sit here and be 
uh, you know, have a have the fence post firmly implanted up my backside. Um, this th- really what it boils down to at the end of the day is why I feel that for the most part, okay, I mean, at the end of the day, you must be you, you must do what makes you happy, I guess, and live your life, speak your truth. But for all intents and purposes, nobody really, really and truly wants to hear what actors and actresses have to say. Um, You're good at your job which is acting. So go be good at your job. Celebrity does weird things and it makes people say and do things that might otherwise not have that same weight. So I guess that is on society. But at the same time, if you're going to if you're going to let yourself be opened up to these things, then you need to, you know, you need to be a grown-up about dealing with that stuff um whether or not people should call for boycotts uh based on one person saying something because regardless of how you feel about disney regardless of how you feel about um the situation in hong kong and regardless of whether or not of how you feel about this actress in general her stance not stance whatever there is something to be said for she didn't make the movie by herself you know, the hundreds and sometimes even up to a thousand or so people that get involved in these, you know, this is their livelihood too. And um, I think that the movie should just be judged on its merits, not whether or not somebody said something about it. Does that help, Tim? Or did I miss the point of the assignment? <laughs> No, it does. Um, I, I mean, it's difficult to talk about these things, so we don't want to see, of course, hashtag boycott the SLS cast because we know our following out there is robust and. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, based on the all these the day, emails that we've received, I, I mean, it, it, it is though. It is true. It, it does in this particular political context. I think that we are, from the outside looking in, in a situation that the vast, I would say that the vast majority of Americans especially, aren't well versed on. It it does seem to be pretty one-sided as far as um, what what is getting out that people are able to see is not exactly leaving perhaps maybe the government in the best light, the government, the Chinese government in the best light. Um, and so when you see that kind of stuff day after day, and I, I mean, you know, like on Reddit and stuff like that, probably on Facebook, depending on, I don't know why you would do that, but you know, Hey, to each their own, um, you know, maybe on Twitter or you're seeing it in the various social medias, and then to have someone defend that aspect, well, if someone were, in your opinion, wrongly attacking your government, you might want to stick up for it too. Or your country, you might want to stick up for it too. Um, so, at the end of the day, that's why I say, you know, actors, actresses, just go act. 
you know, there's tons of humanitarian causes out there. If you want to put your celebrity to good use, there's tons of humanitarian causes out there that really need help. Please choose one of them. I guess what I wouldn't mind going more into is the role of social media, especially when it comes to the whole Spider-Man, Marvel, Sony thing. I get it. People are upset. Fans are upset. Uber fans that all the, like their their entire life revolves around superhero movies, geek culture even, and I don't mean that in a derogatory or bad way since geek culture is a thing. You see people that just because they're not going to have Spider-Man a part of the MCU, that's going to ruin everything. Without taking into consideration that the company that you're then going to bat for is Disney. Disney was making money off of Spider-Man. Sony wasn't hogging everything. Disney was making 5% of every dollar, you know, made at the box office. First first day. They got 5% of the first day. No, it's 5% starting on the first day. And it continues going. It's the whole domestic, it's the whole gross. But it starts the first day at the box office is 5%. But probably a bigger amount of money that Disney is making is merchandising. And what Disney now wants to do is come in and say, you know, we have elevated Spider-Man up into, you know, what it is now. You know, we've, you, you know, you did well, uh, Sony, with the first two Sam Raimi films. The third movie did make a crap ton of money, but it was not liked but it was still better than some of the Andrew Garfield movies. And the Andrew Garfield movies still made a profit. Not the greatest profit, but it still made a profit. So it took, according to, you know, geek culture, I suppose. Again, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. That Kevin Feige was the one who brought Spider-Man into the proper fold of comic book adaptations. Now, I can agree. I can disagree. But this is not going to break Spider-Man. There's already two movies. It's a well-established character how it is. I get it. And now the character can go on and do his own thing and not have to be tied to the Avengers or any of the other MCU movies or characters. And this is also a deal that could you know, be remedied maybe not in the next month or two, but maybe in a couple years, another year. I mean, it's a good possibility. But what it all boils down to is that you have two companies going head to head. And I can't really bash Sony, and I get it, I work for them, but I can't really hate on a company that is just kind of sticking to its guns. And they know when they're getting pushed around. And this is definitely a case of Disney pushing them around. And a lot of the people, and especially these are the people that are... Um, are influencers. I know Kevin Smith is very anti-Sony right now and doesn't understand why Sony would back out of this. Why Sony would back out of this, not both Sony and Disney would back out of this. And other people that are very influential in geek culture, again, don't mean that derogatory, follow are following suit. So it's just very interesting. And then, of course, people look at this and they just read all the tweets, all the articles and the essays written by these influencers of geek culture. People who make their money off their YouTube channels, off their websites, because of geek culture. 
And who is at the top of geek culture? If it's not Star Wars, it's MCU, which is all owned by Disney. A lot of these people aren't going to crap on Disney. So that was just kind of what I was, in a way, wanting to go towards. Do you kind of agree? Do you kind of disagree? I'm just interested in what you think about all that. I think it's undeniable. I think there are certain things that are undeniable in this whole scenario. And and in a way, I feel that both parties are being somewhat, somewhat petulant. Okay? I think that uh, one, one thing that is undeniable is that the Spider-Man franchise was at best floundering until this deal. Sony was looking at its third reboot in less than 15 years. And that's doing after five movies. So if you do that, that's like a movie every two and a half years, and they're looking at rebooting it for a you know for a third time. <clears throat> Disney steps in and says, "Look, let's let's just make this work. Let's come up with something that makes it work, so that Spider Man can be part of the MCU. Clearly, we're doing something right." Clearly, you have a property that we can use. And so they did. Everything came to, everything came to be. Um, I, and, and so now, Disney, who gets to make all this money off of all, you know, off the Avengers movies and all the merchandising, and they got 5% of the first dollar gross, which I, or, um, which I misunderstood, and thank you for, clarifying that for me for tim that i thought they just got it off the opening day or whatever but no they're getting it right off the top um that's not good enough for them mean even though they're still getting all the avengers money i mean it's not like spider it's not like sony gets all the avengers money you know and disney's also doing getting all the merchandising all the spider-man merchandising however um sony also is under I feel I feel based on the things that I have read Sony might feel that just because they slipped and fell and landed in a in, in a pile of money for Venom that somehow they don't need Disney anymore is stupid so I think they're both being petulant um and they're both being uh stupid but I think they're being stupid for different reasons. I think that in this particular instance, um, Sony does have the better leg to stand on because at the end of the day, they have what Disney wants and Disney can't have. Um, although, for whatever it's worth, just give Disney a couple of years and they'll probably buy Sony too. <laughs> um, but... Uh, it's, I think, I don't know, when I was reading some of this stuff, you know, because, you know, Tom Holland, they had been talking to Tom Holland, who was at D23, which is the big Disney expo that talks about all the stuff that's upcoming for, uh, for all things Disney. So, you know, some Marvel, Lucasfilm, uh, the Disney parks, the, you know, all Disney movies, animated stuff, Pixar, everything Disney, right? It's kind of like Comic-Con, but for Disney. And everybody is there, but Kevin Feige actually had said at one point, um, 
and this was back in 2017, he's like, you know, people had eventually checked their egos at the door, and that was how the original deal got done. It was one of those rare things. I think that it's also important to note that Sony does not have the same top people as they did in 2017. Now, they have some of the top people, but they don't have all of the same top people, and they don't have two of the key top people that made the original deal happen. And... I think that's also a big stumbling block. I think that um, the reason why Disney feels that they can come in to this nonsense and say we should get more money is because in point of fact, if it wasn't for Disney, Spider-Man would not be in the position as is, is, would not be in the position that it's in. Sony, on the other hand, um, has every right to say, but it's my toy, and if I want to play with it my way, you can either deal with it or I'll go home. Far from home after their <laughs> homecoming. <laughs> and also, it's still going to have all the minus Feige. It's going to have the key creative team behind Spider-Man. You know, behind that—that that was behind Far From Home and Homecoming, and that was—that's Amy but Pascal. But nobody's gonna want. But the problem is, is nobody's gonna want to deal with that. Come on, I mean, and that—and that's the thing. Is see, I think that's what Disney's banking on is that nobody is going to want to give, is going to want to give this current iteration of Spider-Man a chance to exist. Without being able to talk about Tony, without being able to talk about what it means to the greater MCU, even if you are able to keep Spider-Man in Brooklyn, which is fine, and I have no problem with that, um, <clears throat> you've got to be able to have the things that have influenced and given you the character that you love to be able to build from that and to just pretend like it never existed you that's not a good jumping point and i think that's the big contention and i think that's what disney's playing on i don't think i don't think that's that's smart right um because i think sony can go well let's just see how it goes we'll we'll make another 3 or 400 million dollars and then we'll just do our own thing anyway and I think that's what's going to end up happening. I think the next film is going to be just fine because they're going to keep it more character focused on Peter Parker and all the things that he's dealing with, with the Daily Planet or the not the Daily Planet, Daily Bugle. And they can at least get one or two solid movies out of that, keeping it character centric. And also Sony owns a crap ton of other uh, other Marvel properties. I mean, we're gearing up to do Morbius, which I think is another... Uh, it's a film that's based on a an anti-villain, kind of like... Uh, or an anti-hero, uh, kind of like Venom, I think. I don't know much about Morbius at all. But there you have it. You have another anti-hero slash villain that can go up against Spider-Man in a, in a future movie. But like I was saying a little while ago, um, there is still the creative team. The writers behind Homecoming and Far From Home, I believe, are still on the third film. And Amy Pascal, who was the other big producer 
and behind the making of these two Spider-Man movies from the very, very beginning um, is, of course, going to be attached. Listeners out there, our favorite listener, please reach out to us. Let us know. We're very interested in hearing uh, what your take is. And please no hashtags boycott <laughs> the SLS cast. Oh, no. Maybe do us the favor and give us the exposure. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, why do? Why should we be boycotting the SLS cast? I don't know. Let's go find out. <laughs> because they don't know anything. That's right. Okay. Well... Uh, that is definitely going to do it for news for us because we have 15 minutes left of a show and we need to review two movies. <laughs> so next week's bonus segment uh, is going to be one we haven't done for almost two years. We're going to be doing an I'm the only one who liked it. That's right, folks. Not since episode 251 back in November of 2017. It's been a long time since we've done it. I'm the only one who liked it. So we're going to go ahead and do that for next week. Uh, and without further ado, I believe it is time for the movies. What do you say, sir? Movie it up. Here we go, folks. It's the movie we And this week's movies are Blinded by the Light, uh, which is a 2019 film. And then we also have Ready or Not, another 2019 film. What? Uh, where, where do you want to start, sir? I liked both of these films, but there is one that I had a lot more fun viewing than the other. I'm going to go with the other first, and the other is Blinded by the Light. I think you will find that we are in agreement this week, sir. Cool. All right, blinded by the light, folks. Still coming to my party tonight? Yeah, of course. Emma's mates are coming, and I know one who would be perfect for you. She's not fussy. Really? First day, start at the top and stay there. Stay away from the girls! I want to be a writer, but my family is stuck in another century. Writing isn't a job. I need you to do more. Make a wish, better. Kiss a girl and get out of this dump. Bruce is the direct line to all that's true in this shitty world. Seriously, what does he know about our world? be listening to our music before you start getting confused and hating yourself. I listen to everything. I can feel it all right here. It's like Bruce knows everything I've ever felt. Everything I've ever wanted. My poems, they're not brilliant, but they're mine. You think that this man sings for people like us? But he talks to me. My dream was to come here and work hard for my family. If you don't try to fix this, we will lose our son for good. This guy is incredible. You've never heard lyrics like his. Is that Billy Joel? Billy Joel? You try and raise your kids right, Jay. Bruce sings about not letting the hardness of the world stop you from letting the best of you slip away. 
My hope is to build a bridge to my ambitions, but not a wall between my family and me. Purpose of your visit? I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen's hometown. I can't think of a better reason to visit the United States than to see the home of the boss. Looks like we got a 2019 British comedy film. It's directed by Gurinder Chadha. And this is inspired by the life of journalist uh, Sarfraz Manzoor and his love of the works of Bruce Springsteen. And uh, it stars uh, Vivek Kalra, Kulvinder Gir, Mira Ganatra, Nell Williams, Aaron Fagura, and Dean Charles Chapman. Nailed it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, this is the story of a young uh, Javed Khan and his family of, pa- of Pakistani immigrants. Uh, his parents are Malik and Noor. Uh, the sisters are Yasmin and Shazia. They live in England. And again, uh, please bear in mind this is 1987. And life isn't exactly all that great. Um, they're very introverted and family centric. Uh, Javed, Javed wants to kind of get out there and experience life. Um, he has kind of the idea of wanting to be a writer and things aren't exactly going as well for him, especially as he's getting into school and kind of meeting girls and, you know, parents are like, your priorities are all wrong. And then one day he has, uh, uh, a friend of his uh, named Roops, and he is a fan of the boss. And uh, this is one of the key lines from the film. Uh, Roops introduces him to Bruce Springsteen with a couple cassette tapes. And it is, this is the line, it's, uh, it's in the movie, it's in the trailer, it's one of the, you know, quote, the direct line to all that is true in this shitty world, end quote. This then, of course, embarks Javed on a journey of self-discovery through the works of Bruce Springsteen, which are heavily influenced and just littered throughout the film. Shenanigans ensue, and, you know, does Javed come of age? Does he ever work out whatever happens with his family? You know, does he get to go to the concert? Yada, yada, yada. Um... All right, so this movie for me is a is it is a very fun, well thought out film. I think that it is cute and clever. It is poignant in the right parts, but it also smacks of a lot of self service, especially in the racism department, which is not because it's not true, but I think instead of it being used as a tool, it becomes kind of used as a plot device, and it hurts that position a little bit. It's still important, and it still, you know, needs to be there. I think it could have just been treated a little bit differently. <clears throat> Outside of that, though, the film is very heartwarming. It's very fun, uh, and I liked it enough to give it a three point five out of five. So, what do you got there, Tim? I was very interested in seeing this movie uh, because the movie yesterday that was the uh, Danny Boyle film that came out a couple months ago about the guy who hits his head, wakes up, and he finds himself in a world where nobody has like ever the heard Beatles of the Beatles. Never, yeah, Beatles yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't see that movie, uh, but my wife, my more significant other, did go see it, and she was very disappointed. And I was kind of shocked by it, because she was very much looking forward to it. She loves movies like that, and uh, she just found it very uh, boring. And 
when we saw the trailer for this, she just about fell out of her seat. She loves Bruce Springsteen, and I do too, but I think she was even more so looking forward to seeing Blinded by the Light. So we both went to go see it, and we actually both enjoyed it. We had high, high, high expectations, uh, even after uh, the disappointment that was yesterday. Uh, the more significant other had even higher expectations, and she thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely not a perfect movie, but it is one that is so likable, it's easy to, you know, to not really take its faults too seriously. Like the random musical numbers that pop up a handful of times throughout the, you know, throughout the film. And it would be one thing if these musical numbers were a little bit more dreamlike or fantasiful, but they're portrayed as actual musical numbers at times. And certain things, like musical tropes where you have the old fat housekeeper that gets suddenly you know, pushed into the dance moment and she's just very angry because all these people are, you know, blocking her way from going to the grocery store, getting back home. And she just finds herself inside this, you know, this wonderful, beautiful musical Bruce Springsteen moment, you know, though they had the movies littered with those little tropey things that really don't, uh, that, that really doesn't work a hundred percent with a movie. That's very, um, that's very real, I should say. Um, the movie is based on a real story, a real guy who was, who was put through all of this, his family, uh, especially, and it's a very sweet and wonderful movie that we could all use right now. And it's hard for me to not give this movie such a good rating, um, because there are definitely some faults, but I, I was entertained from beginning to end. Uh, I give Blinded by the Light a 4.5 out of 5. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's just, it's hard not to like. The movie was well cast, you know, from top to bottom. Wonderful cast, and it is probably the more uh, the more honest film you'll probably see all year long. So it'll be interesting to see if this movie gets any awards recognition for its screenplay. And the guy who plays um, the lead character, stellar job. Absolutely stellar. It'll be fun to see him uh, pop up in other films down the road. Awesome possum. All right, well, then that leaves us with Ready or Not. I can't believe that in half an hour, I will be a part of the Lodomus Gaming Dynasty Empire. Uh, Dominion, we prefer Dominion. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. There's just one more thing. And then you are officially part of the family. So at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? I mean, stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. I know you're in here. Oh, 
Jesus, you shot the maid. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress? Emily? <laughs> Holy shit! I had to play along so that I can get you out. It's insane. They think they have to kill you before sunrise. Or something very bad will happen to the family. If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead. Found her. Crossbow. I forgot my gun. Why don't you just use mine? Mr. Ladonis, I just saw her running. Oh, fuck your fucking family! You're just another sacrifice. Do you think this is a fucking game? Yes, I didn't see. Remember? He wanted to get married. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 2019 American Black Comedy Horror Films, directed by Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett. Uh, it stars Samara Weaving, who I feel they kind of were trying to get to, uh, look like a discount Margot Robbie. I kind of just felt like that was the makeup vibe they were trying to provide for her. I don't know. A Margot Robbie, Emma Stone hybrid. Yeah, uh, something like that. And, uh, also stars, uh, Adam Brody, Mark O'Brien, Henry, uh, Jemmy, uh, Chemi, and, uh, Andy McDowell, among a few other people like Kristen Brune, John Ralston, and Matt Faxon. Um, what we have here is a young woman named Grace who has just met the love of her, or not met the love of her life, but she is marrying the love of her life, Alex. He is a, uh, the the son of the Ladomas family, who are kind of like gaming magnates, if you will. And they are, uh, they're tasked with having a wedding night tradition, where they get the whole family together to play a game. And the game that is selected at random from this box, this old tiny box, uh, just so happens to be Hide and Seek. And, well, this game of hide-and-seek isn't like most games of hide-and-seek. It is, we are going to kill you when we find you, hide-and-seek. So Grace has to survive until until sunrise, and shenanigans ensue. This film is fucking... Hilarious. I know we're not trying to curse as much anymore, so I'm sorry, but I just felt like it was important to truly stress. This film is absolutely hilarious. Um, I cannot, I, I cannot remember. I mean, I feel like this was almost like this is the end for me in terms of just sheer laughter. It's outrageous. It's stupid. It's over the top. People are literally you know, watching crossbow training videos while trying to learn how to kill somebody with a crossbow. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, complete senseless violence. Uh, a lot of Tucker versus, uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil kind of vibes, uh, to really get you into the horror. Um, but ultimately a few of the key points that turn in that, that become the plot devices that give you to the next aspect of the story. Um, really just felt forced it has a great premise and an amazing opening 
and then it kicks off well. I mean, and the movie ends well. It's it's a great fun time to be had overall. But I just feel like there, you you've cornered yourself so hard with the premise that you don't get to have an organic storytelling experience, and so you're kind of forced to have these makeshift events that move the story forward. It's still funny, it's still really good, but that's the only reason I can't go higher than a four. You're gonna enjoy it. It's a fantastic movie. It's a complete surprise. I truly was not expecting to laugh like I laughed. I thought it was just kind of gimmicky black comedy, but it's just legitimately funny, especially if you have a dark sense of humor, especially if you like horror. It's a great combination of the concepts. Um... And so, yeah, four uh, four out of five for me. Get Bring us home there, Tim. This is a four-star movie for me as well. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Granted, uh, certain uh, certain elements didn't end up in the places where... The, the puzzle pieces didn't fit. Uh, are, are, uh, what's a better thing I could say? The puzzle didn't... The puzzle pieces didn't create the puzzle that I necessarily wanted... But it created one that was very entertaining, and there were definitely some surprises there that I wasn't really expecting. Um, I would love to go into spoilers with this film, but I really don't see the point, as I doubt a lot of you have seen this film, and I don't want to run the risk of it, you know, being spoiled. Uh, But the ending of the film, I wish it stopped while it was ahead, because I thought this movie would have been a great pseudo-political anti-gun, more so of an uh, anti-gun satire that would have had an even better statement. Um, It is not a very political film. I mean, it does make those anti-rich jabs, not anti-rich jabs, but those jabs at the rich, and just the amount of power for uh, for all the ridiculous bull crap that they could do because of how rich, rich they are. Um, but I thought it would have been an even more important, not important, but an even more impactful subtlety. Um, if they ended the film before the final one, two punch, I suppose. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I It left me wanting more, but in a good way. So please go check it out and let us know what you think. Very cool. All right. Well, that concludes the movies for this week. Next week, we're going to be doing a special bonus bonus segment because we're not going to be doing regular movies next week. Um, this week, please, this weekend, The Matrix turns 20 and as we were talking about earlier we're planning on seeing it and that's going to be our very special did it age well because as you know a movie has to be 20 years old for us to review under did it age well and we're gonna go and you're gonna get a chance to see it if you haven't seen it before or you haven't seen it for a while you can actually experience it in theaters and i think that's a really big plus so we're gonna check that out And we would encourage you to do that also. And so without further ado, I believe it is now time for the spiel, is it not, sir? Spiel on! Oh, stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. 
All right. Would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Just hang loose, blood. She's gonna catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama raised no dummies. I duck her rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. It's it's a a cutting cutting say Chump don't want to help. Chump don't get the help. Jive ass dude don't got no brains in here. Well, the music you've been listening to, as always, has been brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. As for us, we are, of course, the SLS Cast. You can find us at SLSCast.com. You can send us an email to the show at SLSCast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can follow me, this is Matt, on Twitter at Nitway12345. And, of course, come aboard that information superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter, if that's your heart's desire. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and our favorites on Stitcher Radio, as well as track us down on the old Spotify and other podcast directories. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com and check us out over there and so until next week this is matt saying that thanks to samara weaving i get to say this i'm so quirky and weird so i need a weirdo to hang out with take care cinephiles and we'll talk at you again next week madam perhaps we should be going oh there we are monsieur thank you so much so nice to see you and I hope very much we will see you again very soon. Au revoir, monsieur. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>